Are you good? Yeah, I'm straight. I'm good. Awesome. I'm straight. <laughs> hey. I I've never heard it in that context before. That's hilarious. You never heard that? No, no, girl. I'm oh. from fucking South Carolina right now. Like we have <laughs> the only, I have these like college friends. I guess they're no longer in college, but recently graduated. They like teach me like new lingo. And one of the things, like if you get really excited about something, like I've heard the phrase like, oh, that smacks. But now <laughs> the kids are saying that's max booty cheeks and i'm like that's just too much that's too much yeah that's like what are you doing why are you trying to put ad libs on it yeah so (laughs) but anyway but this podcast does smack booty cheeks so it's fine it's max booty cheeks (laughs) what's what we gonna keep doing then i love it how are you doing though what's new uh nothing chilling uh not any different well this past week i got i got a little sick so I took a couple of days off training, um, a couple like random days yeah. along my already rest days. So I didn't train yesterday. I'm not going to train today. Um, and I'm still like feeling a little of it. So I'm just like chilling right now. But um, I worked from home a lot this week. So I did a lot of posting for coaching. Nice. And my time being yeah, on my own, which was really nice. Um, what about you? Um, this week was kind of just like the final, well, it was stressful, right? Cause I should have been in my new house and I'm not. Oh yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the, uh, contractor that was working on our house that was replacing the subfloors, like he projected just incorrectly when he would be done. And so he was finishing everything up on Friday, which was supposed to be our closing date. So we are closing tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. and moving in tomorrow and Tuesday. So it's all okay. good. It worked out. It's, you know, it is what it is. Um, it kind of put a little kink in things, but we moved things around. We adapted and it's mm-hmm. all good. It's all good. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that you're mediating stress as much as you can. Hmm. Um, cause we were a little stressed out this past week about it. Right. Yeah, definitely. So it, it all worked out in the end and all you can do is adapt and that's what we did. So we're good. We're good. Awesome. Well, I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So we have a fun topic. I don't know about fun. It's it's going to be a good one, though. It's talking about kind of common fat loss mistakes that people make. And yes. yeah, I got a list of 10. So we got a good one. Um, <laughs> we, got, we got some organization happening right here. I know, I know. It's I mean, like, I feel like <laughs> 10's a good, I feel like that's a solid number. So hopefully we tackled like the 10 major ones that we think of. And of course there's like little subheadings and stuff like that too, but yes, let's just dive right in. Um, I think, that, I mean, there are so many, like which one could be number one, right? I mean, there are so many that like could be number one, but I think number one, that we think is like the most important that is just not done correctly is not being in a good spot to start dieting anyway. And this doesn't just mean like calorically, although that's a huge one. It's hormonally. It's what's your diet history. It's calories. It's your mindset. Right. And if you're not good fam, you have no business dieting, but Brittany add to that. Like, I mean, you're, you have to, I, I think that there's this thing where people just think, oh, I could just start dieting. I, I just feel like I want to lose some weight. <laughs> start. 
let's just start, you know, I feel like it. And then like, you don't, you, you know, you might start and you hit a, you hit a wall or you don't really know what you're doing, or you might start dieting. Like you, you might not even have the calories to be able to do it yet. Um, and so you're pulling from calories that you don't, you don't eat anyway. So you have to eat, first of all, your hormonal health needs to be there. So especially if you're a woman, um, and definitely like your mindset has to be there. Like, um, if you're not in a place to be able to be adherent, then you shouldn't be dieting. I mean, even for a show, I saw Mark post a uh, quote, I think, I think it was yesterday that said, if you can't master the monotonous of like the off season or like eating in general, then you shouldn't be like in a contest prep. And of course he's talking about contest prep, but we could talk about just fat loss in general. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I even commented on that uh, story and I was like, I don't understand the people and this goes both ways in prep or dieting that just want to always be in prep. Like, yeah. I don't like using the word suffering because like, that's kind of dramatic because bodybuilding is a choice, but like, it's hard. Like dieting is not easy. Um, like your food is low, your cardio is high. Like, you know, sex just doesn't really happen, especially like the closer you get. So it's like always wanting to be just lean and thin and whatever, like, it's just not always a fun place to be. And you need to have that, that balance when it comes yeah. to like dieting or bulking or whatever it is. Like you don't always have to be like dick skin lean. Like it's okay to have body of fat on for crying out loud. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think it's also important to remember, like, if, especially if like, I'm going to go into the lifestyle realm right now, especially if you're someone that's very overweight, um, you might have, even though you're overweight, like you might have phases of bringing food up and yep. bringing it back down because like, I'm, I'm dealing with this with an athlete right now where I'm bringing his food back up because we've been dieting for a while. Like, and I'm not going to pull more food back down, um, into trenches where he should not be. Right. right? We want to make sure that we're doing it in a very healthy way. So I, and how I explained it to him was, I know that this doesn't make sense. Like, I know you're like, why are we bringing food back up? Well, now I'm going to put you in a better position for more fat loss by bringing your food up, getting your hormones right, um, getting your mental state right, giving you a break, and then we'll bring it back down and get back to the grinds. And so those are things that it takes. It's not just like this linear process when it comes to fat loss. And I think people get this idea that fat loss is linear, weight loss is linear, everything is linear. When like, okay, look at life <laughs> is life. <laughs> Nothing is linear. <laughs> right. So it's, it's very similar when it comes to fat loss and you have to be in a, in a really good position for it. Right. I mean, that's like the biggest thing. I think it's a very, very common, especially with women is like, they've been on like, let's say the magic number 1400 calories, maybe God forbid 1200 calories for months yeah. and nothing's happening. And they're like, why still want to diet? And it's like, sis, no, yeah, nothing's like, happening. So if, yeah, it's like, if you're at like 1400 or even below, and we're not talking contest prep, we're talking like, like lifestyle. If like, like, where else are you going to pull? Because like, you only have so much food. And even then it's like, your body is just tired. Like think of your hormones, think about your menstrual cycle, 
Like we have to do nutritional periodization. We have to be strategic with our, our nutrition, our training, our cardio. And if you're at that point, like all you're going to be doing is just prolonging the inevitable and you're still going to have to reverse. You're still going to have to put on body fat. Like it's going to happen. Yeah. And, um, I, there, there has to be a shift in mindset that this is a a process and this is process-based and not just goal-based. Um, cause we have this idea of what we'd like to look like all the time, but it might actually take a lot longer than what, than what we think. Um, and so we have to be very realistic about it when it comes to that. And also, you know, thinking about stress as well and how that's going to be affecting your fat loss, like goals. Um, you know, I've seen athletes that change nothing except for their, their stress and they start making a ton of progress, right? Like, and so that's something that you want to think about as well. And how are you mediating stress to be able to even see, this is the thing about fat loss is that I, I view it as something that the body allows me to do. It allows me, I don't make myself lose fat. It lets me do it. And so in that sense, like you need to respect your body enough in various other realms, like, you know, your calories, like what types of food you're eating, like your hormones, like your mindset, um, like your, like your stress levels. And you have to respect yourself enough to be able for your body, for your body to feel safe and comfortable and say, oh, okay, I'll do that for you. That's how I view it. I don't view it as something I make it do. And I think that there's, uh, there's a contingency that there, there, we make our bodies do that. I control that, but there's a large part of it that is out of your control. Um, so you have to be, you have to be mindful about that as well. Absolutely. And that was really well said. Cause I think the problem with like dieting and not necessarily diet culture, because like you can still love yourself and want to like have a healthier body fat percentage. But I think a lot of these dieting practices are done out of self-hatred of not liking where you're at physically and maybe even mentally. So you're thinking like, oh, well, if I do this, I'll like myself better. And that's not necessarily the case. And most often than not, it's not because you can drop that five, 10 pounds, whatever that magic number is in your brain and still be unhappy with the way you look. And so it's learning to understand, to respect your body Because when you start respecting it, like it does amazing things for you, but that does include, you know, how you think about yourself and how you treat it. What, what are your inputs and outputs or your drains and your charges? I've heard it another way. Like you have Mm -hmm. to respect that. Right. Exactly. And Um, that also goes into number two, where it's like managing your stress, those cortisol levels and also sleep as well, because like this just, they all tie in together. So, so beautifully, like your stress is not just how you perceive things. It's not the mental stress, although that's a huge component of it. It's the physical stress as well. And so I think a very common thing is people like, oh, well, you know, running or weightlifting is a stress reliever for me. Mentally, sure, I 100% agree. But physically, it's still a stress. Right. And I think there is this idea of like, oh, I want to lose body fat. So I'm going to do more stuff. I'm going to run more. I'm going to train more. I'm going to have no days off. And um, that could be hurting your progress, doing too much, way too much, too fast, especially um, that's going to spike your stress levels and your cortisol levels. Um, 
and you're you're just not you're not being you, you got to be organized about it and we'll talk about that a little bit more like in in this podcast but keeping your stress levels lower and getting and making sure that your recovery is good through your sleep it's going to be like number one. I mean, I feel like it's it's number two here, but it's like also number one. Exactly. I mean, like it all ties in together, but yeah, that's the, the big thing is people are like, oh, well, I mean, they might already be sleeping barely six hours as is. But or then like they five notice. hours. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It hurts my heart because it's like people will lose out on sleep to go train. And it's like, that's not what you want to do. Yeah. Or do you like go do fasted cardio? And it's like, you're defeating the purpose. Like you cannot replace fasted cardio with like poor or you can't replace you know like doing an hour of fasted cardio in the morning and then getting four hours of sleep like right it it's yeah <laughs> it's, step, like, it's just steps backwards it's, That's it's, just all yeah it it's, exactly exactly it, it feels like steps backwards when you do those things um I mean granted I used to do that when I first started oh I same not sleep but that's a beginner that's a beginner mistake is taking no days off, is thinking that those fit people you see on IG and stuff train seven days a week. I promise you, they're really good at recovery. I promise you, like they, they're good bodybuilders are good at recovering. Hmm. They're, they're, they're good at sleeping, eating, training and recovering from all of those things. Like, so you have to be very cognizant of your sleep and how much you're resting and recovering through the, through your, um, through your journey. Absolutely. Like sleep and cortisol, all of this stuff goes far beyond than just like super dosing ashwagandha. Like if you're like, just always constantly worried about supplementation, you're missing the point, like just completely missing the point. Um, number three, you know, Brittany kind of already touched on this, but doing too much, but specifically too much cardio, like, again, we're thinking about cortisol levels. We're thinking about recovery. We're thinking about how is that impacting how much you're able to sleep and just overall caloric expenditure. Like it's, you have to be strategic. You just have to be, it's not as simple as calories in versus calories out, which yes, calories are a huge component to fat loss, but it's just as important as everything else. I would argue. Right. And um, another thing with cardio is, you know, you might, you might not need cardio in the beginning of your fat loss state. And that's the thing is that you want to, you want to be strategic about what you're adding in. And I'm trying, I'm like getting ahead of myself because we're going to talk about this later, but like, you might not need to start off with cardio for your fat loss phase. You might just need to clean up what you're eating. You might. <laughs> just need to simply sleep more. You might just need to, it's, it's very simple. You need to think about all the other ex, the, all the other tiers of importance that we're talking about, sleep, recovery, training, food, like you might not even need to add in cardio. And so why stress out your body more by adding in something that you don't have to, okay? Not saying that cardio is something that you don't need to do, but you might not, if, unless you are perfect in all of those other areas, that should be your last thing that you're thinking about. And I think it's the first thing that people think about when they think about fat loss or weight loss is cardio. Oh, I'm, I want to lose 10 pounds. Let me go run five miles a day until I lose that 10 pounds. Um, 
And, and it might end up being that your progress moves slower than what you'd like for it to because you're actually stressing yourself out more when you could stress yourself out less by just tweaking a few lifestyle things. So you need to look at like all of the other aspects of your progress or your programming that might not be um, refined and refine those before I think you start adding in cardio um, because that is a very big stressor for people. Absolutely. Um, and I think sometimes people go balls to the walls with cardio that they also select a type that their body can't handle. Like I know hit cardio is huge. And what people understand is like, it is so stressful for the body when done correctly, but also even if done incorrectly, like if you're still going like balls to the walls with the time that you're on in the hit session, like that's hella hard on the body. And so if you're doing hit cardio, if you're doing, you know, list cardio, if you're doing medium intensity, high cardio running, like doing all of these things, like that is just adding to this huge deficit where, eventually your body's going to be like, no. And then you're going to run into injuries. You're going to run into hormonal adaptations, metabolic adaptations. And it's just like, you have to understand that doing more is not always going to yield the results that you're wanting to, to get out of it. Right. And, you know, I mean, even talking, thinking about types of cardio, I mean, some of my athletes, I just give them, I've given them a step count yep. per day and they just start making tons of body composition progress, like, you know, like all of a sudden, like that their waist starts coming in, they're starting to feel more energetic. They feel better just from a step count. And most people wouldn't view that as cardio because it's not very intense. It's like, oh, like you probably take a walk in the morning, take one in the evening or after your, your training. And it's to some people, it's like, well, why am I not doing more than this? Why am I not doing like hit cardio or why is it not harder? If it's not harder, then it must not be working. Um, but you need to look at your data instead of just thinking about what you perceive. Because I could tell you like, oh, it's, this isn't hard enough for me. I train like three or four days out of the week. And I, I, I mean, do you think I wanna do more? Hell yeah, I wanna do more. But is it necessary is the question. Like, and so if it's not necessary, like I had one of my training partner, he, uh, I introduced him to, um, to fail sets and intensifiers like rest pause sets. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was, I do like three sets of things, if that, sometimes two, like, and he would do like five, six sets of 20 when we first started training together. Right. And, um, I, a couple of weeks later asked him, like, did you, how do you feel about like the way that I trained? Have you seen progress? And he was like, yes, I have. I have actually been growing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> imagine that, right? <laughs> he was like, um, I see that the thing is, you know, at first I thought it was just kind of like, oh, she's done. Like, that's it. Like, that's what she does. And he was like, "It. I see that you do exactly what needs to be done. <laughs> like, exact, like, he was like, exactly that. Like, and nothing more. Like, and so it gives you more room for recovery and more room for progression and for you to be able to keep track of what you're doing. Because he was like, I've never really kept track of anything. Like I just do my reps of 20 or whatever. And he's, he's big, like he's made progress and there's lots of right ways to do it, but there's also optimal ways to do it. Absolutely. Um, and so like going into, you know, cardio, like think about what is optimal 
not necessarily like something that just works, right? You right. want to be, you want to have longevity. Um, you want to be able to be healthy with your fat loss um, and not put yourself in a position to where you're, you plateau and you're super tired at like four weeks into your cut, right? right. It could take a lot longer than that. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I think with what you're saying about weight training, that is a great way to kind of introduce number four about changing up your weight training just because you're in a deficit and it's not pro- like prioritizing your progressive overload, which is what, <laughs> what got you okay. in a great spot for like building whatever muscle you hopefully had built <laughs> before right. you started to diet. Yo, I just, I just saw a tweet that where someone said, ah, oh, I'm, I'm about to start cutting Try, time to get in the lighter weights, higher okay. Wait, what? <laughs> are you fucking stupid? <laughs> like, like I, I mean, I don't, I mean, I, on Twitter, I'm like myself. Like, I don't, I don't really, um, that's my, that's my social media where I'm like, just me. Yeah. Um, and I'm not coach Brit all the time, but like, I was just like, oh my God, like, I hate seeing stuff like this because, okay, you lower your weights because you are cutting. I want to know, like, what is your rationale for it? Like, how does that make sense? Like that makes sense. If you're lifting heavy and building muscle and making PRs, beating the logbook, how does it make sense that when you start to eat less, that you should be lifting lighter? Like what in your mind is going (laughs) to make that muscle stay? Like, would you, (laughs) when you, so when you're um, trying to lose body fat, you need to make sure that you keep the muscle that you have and that almost like that you're still building it. Honestly, in the beginning of your cut, you're still, you're, you're going to see a spike in strength and motivation um, most of the time. And you should still be able to build muscle, um, especially in the beginning of your cut. Uh, you need the muscle that you've created and you need to keep it so that you can keep your resting metabolic rate very high. Um, and so that you, what you can continue to eat food and continue to recover while keeping the strength that you have. And also, uh, your energy output through heavy lifting is going to be much higher, like worlds higher than dropping your weights and doing, um, and doing lower reps. Now, the only time you should, or not, I shouldn't even say you should, because you could go through even a contest prep and your weights could not change. Um, and you could, you, you might see a performance drop off towards the end, of course, like, but for the most part, you should, if you're pushing in the gym, you should be able to stay about the same, like about the same weight ranges and rep ranges. You might get fatigued more, you might feel more sore. Um, but you need to keep that up because you need to be able to, to not, you don't want to change your energy output because then you have to change the way a, a ton of food and it affects your recovery. You're right. And I think you said something really important that a lot of people don't understand when they enter into a deficit, they're thinking, oh, well, if I drop the weight and move, like do more volume in a sense, then I'm going to be burning more calories because I'm doing more reps. And so my muscles are moving more over time, not paying attention to the fact that the load has now decreased because you're dropping weight unnecessarily. And therefore they don't equate to the same intensity. So I think in their mind, 
more calories burn if it's less intense. Like they're thinking it's like cardio. So it's like, if you do more over time, you're burning more calories, not paying attention to the fact that the intensity is also a huge factor of the equation when it comes to, you know, only muscle building, but also that caloric burn. Right. Yeah. And, um, I also think that people tend to think like they're, they're all of a sudden going to be very fatigued when they start their cut. But that's because I think that they do too much in the beginning anyway. Like they'll just cut out all their carbs or something. They'll just like do some, do, just do drastic things to where they get fatigued really quickly right. and start pulling weights because they're fatigued. But again, like you need to do what's necessary at that time, not balls to the wall. So it might be necessary, for example, um, for you to just put yourself in a slight deficit for you to start losing weight. And if that, if that means pulling three, 300, 400 calories, which in the grand scheme of things, isn't much, um, even 250, like, and that's all you need, then that's all you should do. Like, <laughs> instead of pulling food, pulling 250 calories, 300 calories, and um, adding in an hour of cardio a day. Why are you doing that? You're not going to lose weight faster. You're not going to get to your goal faster. You're going to stress yourself out. So same thing with weights. Um, you don't need to do all of that. You need to keep everything similar. You need to not stress yourself out more. The more variables you change for your body, the more you stress yourself out and the less progress you're going to inevitably make because it's too quick. Um, it can't adapt to that, that fast, right? So it, you have to give your body time to adapt to the changes you've done and then add more changes. Okay. Oh man. Absolutely. You can absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I love it. No, I think that's that's super important just to to hone in. Um let's go on to number five, not accounting for need. And we kind of already previously touched on this, just being like yeah. steps. Oh my gosh, like don't underestimate the power of just taking like a leisurely walk, like around mealtimes in the morning, you know, before you go to bed. Like it doesn't have to be like this crazy, like ankle weighted three pound power walking that you see like the suburban moms and grandmas doing. Not that there's yeah. anything wrong with that, but it's like just taking a walk, like for crying out loud, like it's just great for you to get outside, especially when we're talking about like sleep wake cycles. Like mm-hmm. wake up take a walk in the sun, like get that vitamin D in, you know, help to regulate like your circadian rhythm a little bit and Mm -hmm. get steps in. Now it doesn't have to be 25,000 because obviously that's going to have negative repercussions, but like whatever you're averaging right now, like maybe increase it like 2000 steps. Like maybe it's just like a a one mile. Like if you find out you're only taking 2000 steps a day, okay, well maybe get that up to four and then see how manageable that is. And then do like little incremental steps, but it doesn't need to be double, triple, quadruple for the sake of fat loss. Yeah. Again, it's not going to make it any faster because you have to remember that your body has to adapt to the changes that you're giving it. Um, also in a, in a different realm, not tracking your meat before you get into a fat loss state, right. Or you mm-hmm. So you need to have an idea of what your need looks like before you start doing that, because what's going to end up happening is that as your weight comes down and as you, as you do keep cutting your, you unconsciously stop moving. Yep. 
Um, so if I'm doing 10, and I've seen it happen like in my preps, like I've seen it happen where I wasn't keeping track and I never really knew. Like my first prep, for example, I had no idea how many steps I was getting a day or how much I was moving. I just knew the amount of time of cardio I was doing and that's yep. it. But as I got leaner, I moved less. So what ended up happening? I was doing like an hour and a half of cardio a day. Like, because I didn't know, but I didn't know. It didn't have to be that way. It could have right. been, honestly, it could have been like 45 minutes, like three days a week if I would have kept track of my steps. So if I kept track of my steps and I, and I even know I feel like, you know, I'm tired and I'm, and I'm lethargic and especially towards the end of prep, but I know I still have to get up to get my next 3000 steps to, to match my daily meet that I would yesterday or this entire prep. Um, because once that starts coming down, then you have to start adding in more cardio. So if you're, or more movement, more intentional movement, I should say. Absolutely. Keep track of it so that you don't need to do the most. Like I had, um, a previous athlete get shredded just off the steps alone. That's awesome. Like just, he didn't have to do anything except do steps. And he was like, like, I don't have to do any cardio. Like I'm not doing any cardio and I feel weird that I'm, am I supposed to be doing more? And I was like, no, like if that's all you need to do and that's all you need to keep track of, then fine. And it wasn't until probably like the last couple of weeks of his cut where we added in like 30 minutes of intentional and that was it. And he didn't have to, I didn't even have to give him a, a caloric output. I just needed him to move more. I just asked him to move more. And then that's what it was. And so if that's all you need to do, like is, is not give yourself too much to do, then it it would be best for you to keep track of your neat beforehand so that you don't have to do the most during your cut. Cause you should not be doing like an, honestly, nobody should be, unless you're like, I don't know. I, nobody should be doing an hour and a half of cardio a day. Like, yeah. yeah. Especially like a lifestyle. Like it's just, that's just too much. Cause then you're just eating up on time that you could be doing almost anything else productive to add to your life rather than just being focused on, you know, this diet that you're in. Right. Number six. Okay. So this is, this is going to be a hot topic for me. <laughs> yes. um, not really accounting for thermic effect of food, protein spacing, whole foods and processed foods. So like, this is a big chunk. Honestly, I'm sad that I put it on number seven. Cause it's like, it gets me heated. <laughs> No, but, it's a six. I have it for six. Oh, no, it's six. Oh, my bad. My bad. But still, <laughs> it should be a little higher because it gets me heated. When people enter into a diet, they automatically, like, don't understand the, the quality of whole foods versus processed foods. Because as soon as they enter into a diet, mentally, they're like, bring out the diet foods. Bring out yeah. low-carb this, low-carb that. And they miss out on the importance of the nutrition that whole foods give. They miss out on the micronutrients, like the vitamins and the minerals for the sake of a quote unquote macro friendly protein bar because, oh, it fits my macros. Yeah, you can't always, so like there is a time and a place for volume, um, but you can't focus solely on volume when you're in a fat loss state especially if we're talking about a contest prep, uh, it's gotta be whole foods. Um, whole foods are calor- more calorically expensive to burn. So it takes more energy. For, so your thermic effect of food with whole foods is much higher 
then it's going to be with processed foods or foods that are that we see as macro-friendly. Um, and so you want to take that into account. I know if you're in a prep or if you're in a fat loss state, you feel like you're suffering. You might feel hungry. Um, but I promise that prioritizing whole foods from the beginning of your prep or the beginning of your fat loss state to the end of it is going to make you feel so much better. I know the first thing you want to do is bring out all the diet foods, but please just stick with whole foods. You will feel so much better. Your hormonal, your hormonal wellness will be so much better because you're getting the micronutrients that you need or you're prioritizing them at least through most of the prep or all of the prep. Um, your thermic effect of food will be higher. So your body composition will, will just sweep any other body composition that's just on macro-friendly foods. And um, ultimately, like you want to you wanna diet and feel good. I mean, I'm not saying that there's not a point where you're suffering, but you want to diet and feel good um, and feel good about what you're doing and feel good about the way you're looking. And so please prioritize whole foods um, during that time. Absolutely. And plus a lot of things that people don't understand is like the digestion aspect too. Like they start putting all those artificials, like there's nothing inherently bad with, again, having a better relationship with artificial stuff. Like artificial sweeteners are not inherently bad. Some people definitely have some adverse reactions though, but like, you know, having maybe like a diet soda versus Mm -hmm. drinking 10 diet sodas a day, like that's going to have some negative consequences. And so the more you can prioritize whole foods, also most likely the less your intense, your cravings are going to be too, right? Because your body isn't going to be wanting all of that, like processed stuff. It's going to be like, you know, what sounds good? Zucchini, tomatoes, like, you know, like actual whole foods, right? Like it actually wants that whole food nutrition. Yeah. I, um, I had, my first, my first show that I did, I was super, if it fits your macros. Oh, same. My cravings were so bad. Oh yeah. I mean, I fought them, but it was worlds different than when I had a prep on whole foods. I was still doing macros, but I prioritized whole foods the entire time. Um, we're doing like that, that, not just like the protein fluff where essentially it's like whipped I didn't hair. Do, I did none of it. And, um, I felt, I felt better for a longer time through the prep. There was a point where I, of course, every prep you're like, oh, this sucks. But, um, I felt better for a longer time. I was more, uh, I had more satiety. Um, my energy levels were much higher and I looked way better. (laughs) better. (laughs) So, um, that is, it, it's a thing. It's so it's not just about a calories on a calorie. It's not just about what fits your macros, especially in that sense. Um, you definitely need to, you definitely need to prioritize that. And then Absolutely. here is protein spacing. Um, so protein spacing. Okay. You have to remember, like, we're talking about the thermic effect of food really here. Um, Right. So, you know, what we're talking about is a thermic effect of food. And um, you want to make sure that you're spacing your protein throughout the day. So you shouldn't be hoarding. Like, I mean, even your macros need to be placed. We can talk about nutrient at a different time. But especially your protein, 
you shouldn't be hoarding protein at different times of the day. Um, you should be spacing it to create the best thermic effect of food that you can. Because again, we're talking about what's more calorically expensive. So you should have at least, I mean, for women, like at least 20 grams of protein per meal. Oh yeah. Um, or every time you eat, like, even if you think it's a snack, like you shouldn't, <laughs> I'm sorry, like snacks and stuff. We don't know. Like we, <laughs> we have meals. Is <laughs> is so, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I kind of can't think of anything that I eat as not a meal, but every time you eat, there should be a certain amount of protein that helps you with that thermic effect of food. Um, so it's more expensive to, for the body to use it and to push MPS. So make sure you're doing that and prioritizing your protein. I mean, all the time you should be doing this, but especially <laughs> I see, I just see people do this all the time on IG where they might even be in prep or something and they just randomly just have a, a butt ton of carbs with no protein in it just because they need a snack. And it's like, make it useful, like make right. it useful for the body um, and be, be smart about it. Like, it's not, why are you just doing this macro thing? Um, so yeah, that's, that's something I wanted to touch on too, because I see it happen all the time. Absolutely. Or another thing I'll see is like, because they are doing more macro base in the flexible dieting, they don't pay attention to how they're putting their protein in their full day of eating. And so they'll have like 70 grams of protein in one meal. And then they're oh. wondering like, you know, <laughs> why digestion isn't optimal, why yeah. maybe blood sugar tanks in a few hours, if you're not like just spacing it properly. And then it's just, I mean, spacing macronutrients in general. I mean, I, we could, we could honestly do a whole podcast on that though, but oh, just be strict. Yeah, we should do that. We should put that on the list, but be strategic about how you're planning out your macros, like, and how, how you're spacing out certain macros and why, and why are you doing that? So, and how is it going to assist you? So. Absolutely. Ooh, number seven is a big one. So being yes. scale focused and not looking at the big picture. And this is something that I think every new dieter struggles with because they're right. like, you know, first week, two weeks in a deficit, if you're doing it probably incorrectly, you might see a five to seven pound drop. If you're, especially if you're cutting carbs really, really fast and you're like, oh, hell yeah. And then it like normalizes and then you get really upset and then you do more. And then it starts this like dangerous cycle of thinking that, you know, the scale is everything, not paying attention to other important biofeedback signs like, oh, well, <laughs> maybe I feel better or I'm still getting stronger or my pants fit better. Like mm -hmm. just being so consumed by that number that you become like this diet monster. Yeah. You have to detach yourself from, I mean, in a sense, you kind of have to detach yourself from the number on the scale because you have to understand, like, especially if you're, if you're over, if you're somebody that's overweight, for example, you might simultaneously be building muscle as you're losing fat um, because you have lots of energy to pull from in your yep. body, right? Like it's stored in your body. You have lots of fat stores. So you might be pulling energy from there and also building muscle at the same time, depending on how you're doing it. Um, but you also have to understand that that's not going to be linear. So I had 
the same client or same athlete I'm talking about how I'm having to bring his food back up as he's losing body fat an overweight individual. Um, and this past week, you know, in his check-in, he said, my goal is to lose more weight. I want to see the scale. I want to see the number on the scale go down. And so in his check-in, I said, Hey, you know, remember our goal, you know, I, we might not see the scale move this week. Why? Because I'm bringing up your food. Your performance is going to be much higher because you have more food. Um, and so we could see that we might stall, but you might keep looking better, you know? And so you, you kind of have to, you have to look at other areas of progress, like your weights progressing, like your energy levels, like Ashley was saying, and how your clothes fit versus just the weight on the scale, because it's going to be very person dependent. Um, and it's very unlikely that it's going to be linear. So try to get that out of your mind right now, because if things, if your scale isn't moving, it does not mean that you are not making progress. So exactly. it's just one piece of data that you could use if you're coaching yourself or that your coaches use to see what's happening. It's like blood glucose. It's like blood pressure. It's just a data point. Yes, but it's the problem is it's not that weighing yourself is inherently the issue. It's how you perceive it. So going back to perceived stress, mm-hmm. like I've had some clients freak out if they didn't have a morning poop and yeah. then they weigh themselves and they're like, Oh, well the scale's up today because I didn't poop before I weighed in. It's like, Oh my goodness. Well, even if you did go to the bathroom, what you're seeing isn't <laughs> fat yeah. loss. It's, you know, it's, it's waste. Exactly. You know, you, so you have to detach yourself from viewing weight as ultimate progress or just overall ultimate progress. Um, and seeing it as just, it's just very simple. It's a data point, but it's not everything, yep. right? So if you hit a certain weight, but you love the way you look, then why are you trying to pull yourself back down from that? Like, why? For what reason? Like, but I, it's just, I think it's a societal thing. Um, and so we, we have to pull ourselves away from that because it's literally, it's just a data point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Number eight, quick fixes and crash dieting. This one hits home a little bit for me because that's all I used to do when I was first trying to lose weight because I had no idea what to do correctly, but when it comes to fad diets, like just don't just stay away. Like, I don't care if so-and-so did slim fast shakes or the maple syrup and cayenne pepper diet, or even keto for crying out loud. Like, I don't care. Like we need to look at the bigger picture. What's going to be sustainable. And you're not going to be drinking slim fast shakes the rest of your life, or you're not going to be doing weight watchers the rest of your life. Like are yeah. you learning to make a sustainable lifestyle change so that way you can carry this on the rest of your life? Because there is no point in paying thousands of dollars for maybe this program that you might lose 20 pounds in three months if you cannot maintain it. Right. You know, and I just want to, you know, ask yourself if you're a crash dieter, um, or you've done quick fixes, or you try to do quick fixes all the time. What do you ever think about what your plan is after? Do you ever think like about what you're, what are you going to do when you're done with keto dieting? Or what are you going to do when that eight week summer shred is done and you're not, and you haven't ate more than 1200 calories that entire time? 
um, what are you going to do? Because you can't do that forever, right? Um, so the best way to go is to take the long road, right? And do what you need to do for however long to get yourself in a position that you like so that you can sustain it for however long. And, or for, for the rest of your life, not, not however long, for the rest of your life. It has to be something that you can sustain for the rest of your life, not just for a certain amount of time, because then after that, you don't have a, you don't really have a plan. And the thing, and the thing is, is that these companies that are advertising to you, this, this whatever diet, or these coaches that are giving you quick fixes or telling you to take certain supplements, like they don't care about what happens to you after. Right. The marketing, like the marketing that you're being pulled into has no plan for you afterward. Mm-hmm. Why waste your money and waste your time doing that? Have, have some, if you need a coach to mentor you through that, get a coach that can put, that can kind of give you a, an area of where, like an approach for that. How would we approach this? Um, and give you a, a real, um, just a better way of going through your, your journey through that way. So you can sustain it for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Like there's a difference between dieting harder and dieting smarter. You might not get the results quote unquote that you're wanting as quickly, but at the end of the day, like if you, okay, eight weeks post ridiculous shred. Yeah. You look really good. Maybe you feel terrible. And then four weeks later, you're back to where you started. And then some, because you didn't know how to reverse properly. You didn't know how to make these lifestyle changes that you needed to. You probably went on binges because of how stressed your body was and how your body wanted that extra food because spoilers, your body doesn't like to diet. It just doesn't. So if you're not set up for success and long-term to have, you know, the body that you want to maintain, why go through and pay, or even just go through like the emotional stress of like gaining all that weight back. And then some like take your time. I understand that. Okay. It's already July, August. Okay. Well that's summer body. Like why not, instead of trying to get it this year for two weeks, as soon as your vacation's done, why not invest in your next yourself and get a coach that can actually teach you how to properly diet or go through seasons with proper nutritional periodization where you're in a good spot hormonally and metabolically. So that way next year, when it rolls around, you can diet safely, maintain it and still have your health. Right. Exactly. You, you want to think about still having your health at the end of the day. Um, and so that's like the main, my main driver and my main focus, like when it comes to fat loss in my clients, especially if they, they need to go into a fat loss state before they're even thinking about being in a building phase, um, we want to do it as healthy as possible so that we can get you to that phase. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Um, number nine. So not being strategic about cardio, food manipulation, your steps, supplements, et cetera. So I guess I kind of like touched on this like a few times. <laughs> no, I mean, it's still good just to kind of like, kind of recap it, but it's like, you don't need to just go balls to the wall straight out of the gates. Like yes, your body will adapt, believe it or not in like very basic ways. So if you're in a good spot to diet, we'll just kind of go off that scenario. Like, like Britt said, cut 250 calories, 
Yeah. And See like, what that does. <laughs> See, like, you know, that sounds like it's not that much, right? Like, but that could be the, like, literally, I think that that's a bag of chips. Like, I think that's <laughs> a bag of chips, but it might just take that, just that for you to start seeing changes, but you yep. need to track your stuff. You need to yep. track your food. You need to track your steps. You need to track your, your current cardio. If you're doing any cardio, like intentional cardio, you need to track how many days a week you're lifting. You need to track your sleep. Okay. So like before you go to a coach and you're like, I want to lose some fat. Like if you come to me and you don't have any of those things, well, guess what? I'm going to tell you to go get them. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to waste some time waiting for you to track those things. Because I can't do anything with no information yep. and you can't do anything with no information. So you need to be strategic about where you're putting cardio or your food manipulation, your steps, your supplements, et cetera. And it needs to be uh, in a way that where it's like you're adding in variables or you're pulling variables, whatever, whatever you need to do um, as time goes on, not just doing it all at one time, Right. So if all you need to do is pull 250 calories and all of a sudden you're losing half a pound a week, oh baby, you're in a, you're in a good spot. Exactly. And then when you plateau, okay, think about what other, what other variables are we going to manipulate here? And stress levels, your hormone levels and your health will tell you where you should manipulate. So. Absolutely. There's just tools in the tool belt. Like just because you know, so-and-so did it a different way, or they did hours of cardio straight out of the gates doesn't mean you should. So be intentional with how you manipulate certain variables. Mm-hmm. Last one, relying solely off of fat burners, stims, um, fat burning mm-hmm. cardio, like just like kind of abusing the area of supplementation. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to do you any favors. It's just not, it's going to be expensive for one, Two, your anxiety, even if you're not an anxious person, I guarantee you, if you are abusing stimulants, fat burners, whatever, you're going to develop some serious anxiety. And then again, that's going to bleed into sleep too. Right. And, you know, like you shouldn't, again, you know, we're talking about sleep. You shouldn't be losing sleep so that you can go do cardio or train. You should. And in that sense, like you should, I would imagine someone's probably relying on fat burners or lots of supplements to be able to even keep themselves up like and that's not the way you want to go again like adding adding in more stressors is not what we want right and so relying off stimulants fat burners all of those other all of those things your body does not I'm telling you right now your body doesn't want to lose fat (laughs) nope it's, it's going to resist you. That's why it's, that's why it has such a hard time with it. And that's why everybody feels like they have a hard time with it. Yep. Well, some people, um, depending on your body type, but that's why pe- people feel like they have such a hard time with it. And that's why it's so associated with, uh, like if you're in a fat loss state or you're dieting, oh, you're in prison. Like right. your body kind of doesn't want to do it. It doesn't want to do anything out of what it's homeos like static realm is. So it doesn't want to gain weight more than it needs to. And it doesn't want to lose fat. It just doesn't, especially in women. Uh, So when you put more into it, it's going to keep resisting you. So you need to learn how to manage your drains and charges. Thank you, Austin. Um, About like 
it, instead of using like stims and fat burners to get you there or just going balls to the wall in general with all that. So just keep that in mind. Your body doesn't really want to do this. You have to, you have, you don't make it do it. It allows you to do it. Exactly. And I think that's like the important thing to take away. It's like your body will allow you to lose fat under the right conditions. But like the more you force it to try to do something that it's not ready for, the just the longer and more painful this process has to be because you're just not going to be getting anywhere. Like the spinning your wheels mentality. It's just, it's just, that's going to happen. So rather than the next time you're thinking about dieting, like take our words into consideration, like track seeing where you are at right now. And I'm not just talking about tracking like the biofeedback and data. Yes. Track that too, but track and check yourself mentally. Like, have you mentally been dieting for months? Because if so, that's going to impact you just as much as anything else too. Because if you're tired mentally, like, how do you think your body feels? Yeah. You know, I might have, you might have an athlete come to you and it's like, oh, I've been dieting for so long and I just can't get anywhere. You know, it might actually be that we need to stop dieting Yep. so that we can get you to where you need to be. And I know that doesn't make very much sense. You know, you, you think I might put you, oh, let me just give you another diet, but, um, or a, a fat loss diet where we're in, we're putting you in a fat loss state, but guess what? Like you're not even in the optimal place to be able to do that. So now we have to put you in that place. And so those are answers that a a good coach is probably going to give you. Um, so if you're like, you know, thinking about starting your journey or you don't know where to start, you need to go to someone that's going to help you with that. Absolutely. And just a side note, I really don't think it's ethical in most scenarios to start a client that you're just now working with straight into a fat loss phase, because you do not know their body yet. You don't Mm -hmm. know them well enough. You probably haven't earned their trust quite yet. For them to be 100% honest with you, because there are some clients that take a little bit of time to warm up to their coach. And that's understandable. Like, it's a very intimate position for the most part. But like, understand that like, if you're if a client is coming to you saying, hey, I want to lose fat, you as a coach? No, no, like you need to do what is in the best interest of that client, especially in the case of a chronic dieter. Like, I mean, unless they unless they come to you with all their variables, like, unless like it's a very, it's a certain circumstance that you can do that with. Um, but it would have to be like, you have every single piece of information to be able to do that. And they have in their off season or have been not dieting for a very long time. And do you find people that are on like their calories in their off season, like monotonously for a long time? No, No, usually. Um, and they're usually coming from a different coach. So you have to be very mindful about that. Yep. If um, and so like all of those, like, yeah, definitely agree. Like we can't just like most of the time with an athlete, actually all the time, I've never just put them in a fat loss state. It's always been, um, some sort of maintenance or, or figuring out, or even I'll ask, I'll ask them to track their intake first yep. and then go from there. Like, then we'll go from there, but I'm not just going to give you asparagus and protein to eat for all, all five, six meals. And then you think you're going to have the bombest body ever. It's not how it works here. Exactly. So. At least that's how it shouldn't be. But yeah, that was, that was fire. That was yes. fire. That was Thank you good. so much for joining me again today, Britt. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I love Sundays. Yeah, me too.
Um, <laughs> I know this week is busy for the both of us with me moving and you getting settled um, with just jobs and everything, but it's going to be exciting. It's an exciting time, but guys, thank you so much for listening to us. We thank will you. Catch you. I hope you enjoyed this. Yes. Hopefully it wasn't too, <laughs> too <laughs> intense. Um, not calling out anyone in particular by any means, but hopefully you guys yeah. learned some valuable things and can implement them to be successful in a future fat loss phase that you might be in. But thank you so much, guys. We'll catch you next time.